I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Welcome to Worldview, the foreign policy show from Hindustan Times. And we have a very interesting guest with us today, Professor Lin Minyuang from the Institute of International Studies at uh, Fudan University in Shanghai, which is one of the leading institutes uh, specializing in international relations. And uh, don't be fooled by his looks. He's a pretty uh, strong hand on South Asia and uh, an expert on this region. And we're going to take a closer look at India-China relations while talking with him. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm going to start by asking you to make a sort of a quick assessment of the relations between India and China right now. Uh, actually, I think China-Indian relations is on the rise. Because you know, uh, in 2070, we have the Doklam crisis. Actually, that is the lowest point uh, in Central Indian relations after the Cold War. But after the Donglang crisis, uh, we have the Wuhan summit and also we have uh, the Qinglai summit this year. Uh, for this summit, I think it's really important because uh, two leaders show very clear signal to all the uh, government uh, officials, we should attach great important to each others. So let's ask uh, why many dialogue mechanism, many cooperation mechanism has been resumed. And also we establish a new uh, platform for cooperation, such as in trade and in cultural uh, exchange, in people-to-people exchanges. Um, Professor, what do you think India and China should do to you know, achieve something that everybody has been talking about, which is making uh, the 21st century the century of Asia. Yeah, I think uh, if we want to realize the Asian century, the first is you have to identify with Asia. You have to know your Asian identity. So what, what's the difference between Asian uh, and uh, Euros? So that is very important. The other, uh, the other aspect I think is really important. You have to to show the, the, the common uh, position, especially which is relevant for Asian countries. We should not uh, invite the external powers to be fully involved in all the issues which was happen in in Asian. I just give an example, such as the South China Sea issues. Before the rebalance to Asian policy, there is no, I can say, there is actually no hot debate within the, 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 the uh, Southeast, uh, South China Sea countries. Uh, after the United States want to involve in these issues, 
then it becomes a really dispute. So what you're saying is that there should be a closer cooperation on issues within the region, taking a more uh, common position on world bodies? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, in the last few years, trade between India and China has grown to about $100 billion. Mm -hmm. But there is one issue that remains a concern for both sides, and that is the boundary issue. You know, this is something that some people think is kind of holding us back. This is something that goes back to the 1962 war. Uh, do you have any thoughts on how, you know, the two sides can go about speeding up this process of uh, settling the border question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, boundary issue, I think, is a really complicated issue and a, a very difficult uh, issue for, for, for China and the Indians. You know, China has already uh, resolved boundary issues with all the neighboring countries, except Bhutan and the Indian. So, uh, from Chinese polit political leaders, we are very clear about our position. And I think for two sides, you, you know, we have a signed agreement in 2005. That is a, a political guidance for, for the boundary issues. Uh, after that, we have to do some technical problems. So, personal uh, perception is that we need the political willing from both sides, and especially from the top leaders. You have to take some measures to push forward the process. And uh, if you cannot uh, make your mind, you cannot uh, determine to to resolve these issues, I think the first issue you have to be try to have a more confident building mechanism along the borders. And that is really important uh, in one aspect is the, now we, I can say we have some infrastructure competitions, something like that. So personal, my personal view is that we have to try to make some, how can I say, communication about that. And the another thing is, I think, uh, I read the news from a uh, from newspaper, Chinese ambassador to India has already mentioned, if we cannot uh, resolve the boundary issues uh, immediately, we have to focus on the early harvest, especially in the seeking sections in the boundary because we have already have a, a agreement in that section. Maybe we have to try to push forward and give some confidence uh, to, to the media, to the audience people yeah, for, 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 for final resolve these problems. You know, there are also two other issues that have come up in uh, recent months and years that have kind of uh, affected the relations. One is uh, the Chinese initiative of the uh, Belt and Road. And the other side, India's participation in the Indo-Pacific. Uh, what is your take on, you know, how the two sides could address BRI and also, you know, uh, the Indo-Pacific? I mean, how, how, how could there be more confidence between the two sides on these issues? Okay, uh, regarding to uh, Indo-Pacific, uh, we know Indian position very clearly because you want to integrate with these regions and you don't think it's a strategy and you consider it as a region. 
And also you say uh, you want to be this region to be inclusive. Actually, I can say China welcome Indian's position. But you know, for Japanese government, for United States government, the Indo-Pacific strategy is very, uh, it seems that like this strategy is very clear, try to uh, like uh, isolate China's in some kinds of forms. Especially, you know, in this region, we already have uh, the driver for this region's cooperation, that is ASEAN. And the uh, United States say it will stick to ASEAN centrality. But actually, you know, no ASEAN country was invited to a security dialogue. And we already have one mechanism to, to uh, that is East the Asian summit to cooperate in a security uh, domain. Why we need a new? So this is a problem for, 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 for China. Why we have uh, some negative perception of, of Indo-Pacific. And another for BRI, uh, also I can say we are very clear, no Indian position. Actually, we try to invite the Indian to join BRI many times. And we also mentioned if Indian want to join, then we can make some, 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 some how can I say, like a compromise. And uh, we even can have uh, some kind of economic corridor like a China-South Asian economic corridor. Square or not, Indian like a BRI, it doesn't matter. I think we should focus on the practical uh, projects. We should be try to promote our connectivity. We have to promote uh, more and more cooperation, especially in economies. We should BRI titles is not so important. So it's not the title, but the projects. Yeah. Also, you know, at a time when you know the world order, uh, some powers are becoming more and more protectionist. You know, they are they are kind of uh, retreating behind walls, and also at the same time, you know, they are making efforts to. Uh, you know, dismantle or weaken some of the established, uh, you know, things that have kept up the world order. Do you think it's important for India and China to ensure that the world remains more multipolar? Yes, I think it's really important for China and India to take the same position in this regard, because as the two largest developing countries, we should have globalization. If globalization stopped, I can say it's a really tragedy for China and also for India. So someone say, oh, China, United States have a trade war, then we can just waiting and see. And even some countries say, oh, maybe we can fish in the trouble. Waters. Yeah, in the trouble waters. I, I don't think Indian will waiting and uh, try to uh, fishing in these troubled waters because it, it will hurt you finally. So uh, at the present, I think for China, Indian, we should show a very clear position. We are in the same boat. Professor Lin, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. 
I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.